It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Boney, and with me, my, full, my co-host, Phil Emery. <laughs> How are you doing, Phil? I am doing quite well today. It's uh, actually getting up into the 20s in uh, St. John, so it's pretty nice. Beautiful. Summer's finally arrived on the East Coast, eh? Great. And in the guest spot tonight, we're happy to have Americana rock and roll singer-songwriter Ryan Hahn. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing very good. How y'all doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, for our listeners, please send in your comments and questions to at Songtalk Radio on Facebook or Instagram or feedback at songtalk.ca for the email and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode, to find links to resources we mention, and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. And uh, before we get to the, the main event of the show, um, just another reminder um, about our song writing challenge which is uh coming up very very soon um we have dropped it uh as of the last few months and we're very happy to have received um a few more uh, a few more of our listener songs uh so yeah, thank you everybody great. for for sending those in um and in case you don't know the songwriting challenge for 2023 is to write a song in a mode that you're not familiar with or an unusual mode and of course on the website songtalk.ca you'll see on the sidebar songwriting challenge 2023 um hit that link and you will um, be taken to a web page where we've dropped a whole bunch of resources on there, some articles, some videos, some infographics, um, and as well, the first episode we did about um, the, mode, the modal challenge where we um, uh, went through uh, with Jeff Allen Greenway, composer Jeff Allen Greenway, um, on sort of dove deep on two uh, modes with two example songs. Um, so there's a lot of great material there. Um, you know, give it a shot. And uh, and please send us uh, at feedback uh, at songtalk.ca. Send in your MP3. Send us a lyric sheet with the chords on them, because for this one especially, we, we do need the chords. Does um, and, and a little paragraph about your songwriting process, what you went through to arrive um, at the challenge answer. And uh, we'll be sure to share the listener answers on a on a episode in the near future now. yeah and the it's actually we've been getting some great uh submissions they're really yeah. really good yeah those are really strong songs yeah. we have very, very talented cool listeners all, yeah very cool you all do that for your listeners too that's awesome yeah yeah we, we've done this the last three or four years now and, and it's turned out to be a really amazing journey and a great learning experience like have you seen any of the listeners submit year after year and like their improvement from listening to your podcasts and everything and you know well, they're they're kind of great upon start. I mean, <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know, I mean, you know, as, as usual, I mean, there's there's room for improvement. Even 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 when we do our answers to the oh, challenge, yeah. we acknowledge that there's room for improvement, right? And um and, and that's the other thing with the challenge is that you can consider it a springboard. It's 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 like the first draft of a song. You can you can think about it and and then move it to another space that maybe no longer meets the parameters of the challenge, but still, you know, it results in a great song and that's all that counts at the end of the day. Yeah, that's cool. Ryan, have you done any um modal writing on purpose? I mean, not not on purpose, no. You know, I took uh, you know, some pretty minimal music theory lesson you know classes when i was you know in high school and early college um just kind of enough for me to know to know the fretboard and you know how to move around um, and kind of have 
a good grasp on, you know, why I go to this chord before this chord or after this chord. Um, but I try not to get too deep in the weeds on that kind of stuff. I've most of my music follows more along the lines of the melodies that I'm trying to write, you know, keep it more a little, a little simple Tom Petty kind of school. Mm -hmm. Well, Tom Petty's yeah. a good person to uh to, oh, yeah. to emulate though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad, bad. Yeah, can't go wrong there for sure. Yeah. Okay, and you and you've had a little uh, discovery today, Phil. You want to tell the listeners about that? Yes. Um, a friend of the show, uh, Sharon, uh, sent me a message about the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, we are texting back and forth about a. Uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but there's something called the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And it's, I don't think it's an actual building, um, but the song, uh, their mission is, um, the ongo their ongoing mission um, is to celebrate and honor the contributions and legacies of songwriters of all genres of music while developing and nurturing the next generation of songwriters through master sessions, Songwriting, craft forums, scholarships, and digital initiatives. So they actually wow. do give um, scholarships um, yes. every year. I'm not sure exactly what that is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's at uh, songhall.org. And uh, I, like, I literally just looked at it before the show. And, um, you know, the, uh, the chairman of the board is Nile Rogers. So, um, you know, definitely got some real talent there. So it's, mm. it's interesting. So check it out, songhall.org, and you, you can join. I'm not sure what you... Oh, it's uh, 25 bucks a year. I'm not sure what you okay. get for that, but... Um, <laughs> it's, cheap, uh, yeah, I mean, there's the Songwriters Association of Canada, but I think yeah. this is sort of a different kind of thing. Right. Anyways... Interesting stuff. There's there's so many songwriter things and resources out there that um, there's enough for everybody, I think. Yeah, including our meetup. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> When's that meetup coming, uh, Neil? I believe the next one, I should know because I'm hosting it at the Transac in downtown Toronto. Um, yeah, I think it's next Tuesday, July 18th. Um, and uh yeah it's uh, that, that one's live um or in person rather um yeah. Yeah, at the transec in toronto which is where we were used to hold it in the before times um now nowadays we do the meetup uh one month at the transec one month uh, online because through the pandemic we we managed to connect with groups from minnesota groups from seattle songwriters from literally all over the world australia, <laughs> australia um and, and we didn't want to let go of that so we do we do hold on to the online version of the meetup and um yeah, and that's, and that's how we do that. And it's a great place to meet other songwriters and and you know start collaborations and oh, all sorts yeah. of stuff. That's how that's how Phil and I met also many years ago, and that's where <laughs> this that's where the show was born through the meetup. <laughs> Neil was the first person I talked to at the meetup, and the last, and the only. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't allow you to talk to anyone else. <laughs> All right. We jest. We jest. Okie dokie. All right. Moving on. <laughs> and now you're talking to Ryan. What the heck is going on here? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, tonight we are happy to speak to Ryan on about his uh, new song, Little Town. And here's a little taste of his song.
in a tiny courthouse where everybody knows everyone. Nobody is a stranger, but they all got a gun. Now that's where I come from, the hills of Kentucky in the sun. Sun, the hills of Kentucky in the southern sun. From the bourbon hills of Kentucky to the streets of Los Angeles, Americana rock and roll band Ryan Hahn and the Believers craft honest, insightful stories rooted in Americana, roots, and Southern rock and roll. With their dynamic sound, Ryan and his Believers hearken back to the sounds of Steve Earle and Tom Petty, telling stories of fleeing small-town America for the big city and the struggles and joys in between. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Ryan Hahn. What's up, y'all? Great to have you on the show. So tell us. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, your 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 song on on first listen seems really mature. <laughs> That's one way you can describe yeah. it, and 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 really like high attention to details. How long have you been writing songs? Because it seems like you've been um, doing it a long time. Yeah, I mean, I've been. I you know, I started playing. Um, I started playing guitar when I was thirteen, fourteen years old, um, and pretty much immediately you know a lot of my friends who were playing were sitting learning metallica solos or you know learning trying to play like stevie ray vaughn and for me i just like wanted to learn heart of gold by neil young you know mm. uh, for me my big thing was like i wanted to play guitar so that i could learn to write songs um so i pretty much started immediately um my guitar teacher after lessons for like three months had me join his bands and we you know they were an original music band so i've been i've been writing songs for you know over 20 years now um on different levels and through different genres and you know since i've been in los angeles wrote you know got the opportunity to write with a lot of amazing people too so um yeah songwriting is uh, definitely something that i've been i've been honing for a very long time cool so you get a chance to do a lot of co-writing then um, I, I definitely do yeah 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 um you know for a lot of for a lot of my music um Depending on kind of the story, um, I prefer to kind of internalize it um, and kind of work on it in my own. But but I love one of my favorite things is helping other artists kind of bring their songs to life and, um, you know, trying to help them get their ideas out of the head that they can't, you know, quite get out of their head. Um, yeah, co-writing is, is super fun, but I like it the most when I'm kind of helping someone, you know, get to somewhere that they don't know how to get to. Cool. Oh, very cool. Have you um have you ever gone down to Nashville and done their co-writing uh, system? I've not. No, I've not spent a lot of time. I mean, I've I've been to Nashville a whole lot. I just was actually just down there like a month ago. I'll be back in September for Americana Fest. Um, but I've not really gone down there. Um, you know, to work on the writing process and stuff. It's you know, it's a it's a hard egg to crack down there. Um, so you know, you've got to you got to kind of set aside a long period of time to sort of get there and maneuver and get your foot in the right doors. And, mm. you know, I've got so much going on here in Los Angeles. I just feel like I don't necessarily have the the time that I needs to be invested in, you know, getting through the, through all the walls and the challenges, you know, of Nashville. And, and your song, at least with, with the song that you shared with us, Little Town, 
is very much steeped in 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 the place of Kentucky and Kentucky mountains and and a little town there. You, you said you recently moved to Los Angeles, or you've been there uh, some time. I've been in Los Angeles for eighteen years. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm from from a super small town. When I was when I was young, you know, town of like five thousand people. It's it's doubled now. It's at least ten thousand there now, mm-hmm. uh, which is still still small. But for us, you know, for us, it seems like it's uh, too many people there now. Um, super small town though, you know, in 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 Kentucky, you know, in the middle of the Bible Belt. Um, raised on a tobacco and beef cattle farm um, when I was a kid. So yeah, how does, that, how does that actually change your approach to songwriting, especially when you're writing these kinds of songs that are they're steeped in time and place? You know, how does that change moving from rural Kentucky to metropolitan Los Angeles? I mean, it's uh, I was I was a little lucky. You know, when I was 17, I was in a Christian rock band that we actually got signed to a record label, um, had some songs on on Christian radio and got some really, really great tours. Um, we played like 150 shows in 2004. Um, and it took me out. You know, we spent some time in Los Angeles, uh, touring through California, all over the country. Um, so I at least got a little bit of a taste of of what, you know, what the big city was like. But, uh, you know, moving out here from from Kentucky in a U-Haul trailer and my 98 Ford Ranger was, you know, definitely a jarring experience. Um, you know, first time on my own, you know, having to pay rent and, you know, make new friends and was in a whole a whole new place, you know. But for me, the the just the excitement of it all and being in this new place over overshadowed any of the challenges or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Has yeah, your um, has your songwriting process changed since you first got there 18 years ago? Um, I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, just simply for being out here 18 years, I moved here when I was 20, when I was, you know, pretty young and not as as experienced in life and in music and then you know through my 20s i did a lot of hired work uh, playing guitar um you know playing for punk rock bands played in some metal bands played in uh played in like an amazing eight piece r&b funk group um that was you know they taught me everything about the pocket you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so i really put myself in a lot of different scenarios i did a lot of session work so i was doing tons of different genres all over the place working with different different songwriters different musicians um and i think you know my 20s really was like putting my skill set through the fire um, and really ironing it out, you know, that that informed everything that make me the songwriter that I became, you know, towards my end of my 20s. It experienced so much that the ideas in my head, I was very clear on how I needed to express them. Um, If I had a certain feeling that I wanted to to evoke in a song, you know, I'd had enough experience to kind of know the tricks whether it's a chord or a production trick or how you use your vocal, how to kind of make that happen, you know? Um, so definitely my songwriting changed 180% um, from when I first moved to Los Angeles. There's so many talented people out here, you know, and I was lucky enough to get thrown into some studios and some bands with some of them and was able to just be a sponge and soak all of it in that I could. Very nice. Given that kind of enormous diversity of experience, like how do you decide where you're going to 
or do you decide that you're going going to be specific about your particular angle on on the style? I, I'm hesitant to say genre, but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like I what, like what bucket do you put yourself in? My perspective, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Or, you know? I mean, for me, it's you know, I've always wanted to do my own thing. I've always, I'd always been in bands with other people, and um, I always wanted to do my thing. Um, but it took me a while of you know. A couple of the first songs I wrote for Ryan Hunt and the Believers, I probably wrote when I was 22 or 23, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily know how I got there or what that meant as far as a genre or kind of like what I'm going to do with my music. Uh, but through all those years in my 20s, I sort of gradually kind of when I would sit down to just write for myself, gradually started just getting into this space that it's like, oh, the last four or five songs I've written have all like really made sense together and they all have this certain perspective and this certain thing that they're doing. Um, it really grew very organically. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my music is very much the music that I grew up on um, and the things that I liked. Um, I've never tried to like say I'm going to be in a Americana band or a rock and roll band or this or that. You know, for me, it's just I'm going to pull on my influences um, that were from like we said, Steve Earle, Tom Petty, to Alice in Chains, to, you know, bands like Nickel Creek, uh, just writing what I, what I write. And it just happens that seems like they all kind of at least have somewhat of a, a cohesive thread through them. In this, um, in the genre that you work in, story songs are a big thing. Um, now, do you write, um, do you write a lot of your songs from like the eye perspective or do you do ever third person story songs? I definitely do some third person story songs. I have a song off of my first record uh, that I released. The record is called Farmer's Son, uh, but the song is called Dead Man's Mine. Um, and it's all about this guy who's got a wife and a daughter who works in the coal mines and there's a, a collapse in the mines and he gets stuck with 10 guys inside of there and it goes through, you know, second verse goes to his wife's perspective, waiting for him, hadn't gotten a call, doesn't know where he is. Um, and then goes into like, he's the only one that ends up surviving from this. And, you know, as he's digging himself out of the hole, he sees his wife and his kid waiting for him outside, you know? Um, so I have several songs where I write from third, third person, um, you know, outside perspective, but, uh, Write a lot from my own my own experiences, like Little Town, the song that you all played is, you know, is 100 percent autobiographical. Um, You know, that's literally describing my town of Lawrenceburg, you know, the little courthouse, the two stoplights. Um, So I try to kind of balance those two worlds. Uh, But as long as for me, as long as there's a story, there has to be a story, has to be a story always. So, so typically, if it's if it comes from personal experience, it's an I perspective, and if you're writing about a character who's not you, um, then that tends to be third person, or not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily. Um, but it's all. But like I say, it's always the one consistent thing is I'm always trying to tell you know a story. If I'm talking about an emotion in a song, it's all told in the form of a story. Um, and that mm-hmm. definitely comes that definitely comes from growing up listening to all the country music that I did, you know, where I come from. Um, yeah, story is king always to me. <laughs> What's your uh, process? Are you um, the sort of a music first person, lyrics first person or combination thereof? 
I'm definitely ninety percent of the time. I'm a music first person. Um, at at minimum, the general chord progression, whether it's maybe just maybe just the verse chord progression. Um, but I like sort of uh, building out a little bit of a canvas for myself, at least you know, because that's what's for me sparks the energy or what it's making me feel. So I like to kind of come up with my chord progression and just sort of sit and play it until I start getting that picture in my head or start feeling a certain emotion. And then that sort of leads me into what I'm going to write about. Um, mm -hmm. Then I do, I do have like, you know, little lines or things that I've written that I have, you know, in my notes app that once I get that feeling, I might go back to some lyrical ideas that I had in the past that, you know, makes me think might work with this chord progression or what I'm doing. Um, but for me, it definitely usually starts with the music. That's what sets the feeling of what I'm trying to get across. When you write your melodies, there's always lyrics attached, or do you write like dummy lyrics or just la la la's or anything uh, like that? Most of the most of the time, definitely. Uh, you know, the I might have like a, a couple words here or there, but yeah, mostly it's just mumbles on my voice memo of it, um, and then kind of go through and write the story, and then sort of attach those to to the syllables that I'm doing or or whatever. Um, yeah, that's I, I, like to, I like to get the feeling and everything and, and the picture of what we're trying, the the general vibe of what we're trying to do, because that that informs to me what the lyrics are supposed to say so much, because um, it all to me, it all has to kind of make sense, you know, together. Um, the uh, structure of uh, the song is like it's it's an interesting structure. It's not like a. You know, the classic, um, you know, verse, chorus, first chorus, middle eight, you know, chorus end type thing. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do you sort of explore the um, structures of songs or you um, sort of go where it feels? I definitely explore the structures of the songs. Um, you know, on occasion, I'll make a choice on purpose. You know, you might say, hey, I want the bridge after the second verse, so we're not even going to go to the chorus. But a lot of the times, for me, it's uh, lyrics and melody will sort of determine where I'm going to go with things. Um, this song, specifically Little Town, I purposely wanted to write a progression that was very cyclical that you could get lost in and sort of forget where the one is. Um, to where you sort of just lose all sense and it's kind of has this hypnotic sort of thing that happens. So that's why, you know, the verses is basically just A minor, a D and a C, and then you reverse that A minor, C, D, and it just keeps going back and forth like that. And eventually you sort of get lost in that where you forget. And it's a pain. It's a pain in the butt for my band a lot of times because because it is like yep. you so easy after you do it a few times to just sort of forget wait was that the part where i was supposed to do yeah, the deep yeah. and, yeah. and you spend the rest of the song chasing it but you're always yeah, off yeah. the hits yeah it's true and then uh you know so that was that was very much on purpose because i wanted um for this song it's very much about the lyrics and i didn't really want any of the the music or anything like that to take take away from that you know i wanted it you to sort of the music almost to disappear and all you hear is what i'm saying um yeah. and then it's got the uh a weird little section on the song that was literally just based off of my vocal accent from my melody is the little weird bar of six that i have in there where the accent okay. is actually hitting on the two which a lot of people you might call that the chorus section um i just call it a b section um, but that was just this whole sort of thing where 
I just knew I wanted a change hitting on that vocal part, even though that it was, we were already partially into the next measure. Um, so that was like a weird thing. And that's another thing that my drummers always, always hate me for. Because um, <laughs> you can tell when that part's coming because you've gotten lost before, but you know. Um, so that's, that's one of those, those musical decisions that I made, you know, specifically based on, I wanted that vocal line to hit really hard. So I knew that a change had to come at that moment. Yeah. Those are really insightful. Um, in fact, they are tips. Cause I feel like those are two things, two things you mentioned there are things that I did not know when I started songwriting. Uh, number one, to let the story, um, dictate what the structure may or may not be right and 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 sort of have a synergy between those those two things and then and then number two just more of a recent discovery for me is and we've talked about this um, a number of times uh, recently with with other guests about this idea of between simplicity and complexity right if you're if you want your listener to focus on the lyrics and dead simple music three chords and the truth right and because if you because if you introduce you know, a lot of complexities in the chord choices, modulations, and all that sort of stuff, and 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 strange melodies and things like that. You're going to detract from the lyric because then people are like, "Oh, that was an interesting melodic twist." Oh, what is he singing about again? Oh, I lost it's that. Like, it's like <laughs> Whatever. Right? Movie giving a monologue while there's like a bunch of extras screaming at the top of their lungs in the back. <laughs> exactly. You know? Things exploding and yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the the aliens are coming down. I'm trying to do a monologue here. <laughs> you know, to me, there's also, you know, for me, I try to like this song, for instance, is literally three chords and different structures. Um, mm -hmm. But it's got these little weird moments in it. So yeah. for me, you know, one of my big things is not to always bring up Tom Petty, but one of the things I love about mm -hmm. Tom Petty is his songs. When you just if you just look at the chords on a sheet, it's so simple. There's four to six chords at most for the most part and simple voicings of the chords. There's not like anything strange or weird mm -hmm. for the most part happening. But then all these like little weird accents or little weird extra three bars on a tag or something. He mm -hmm. right makes the canvas really simple, but then in the little details is where he gets in the weeds. Um, and for me, like that's, if you keep your chords simple, it lets your story breathe. And then you, what you do is you have fun with all the little structure pieces. And when you're hitting the accents and those types of things, you know, um, and that's why for my band, you know, my songs, a lot of the times will come across as like, oh, it's just like a four chord song. But then there's all kinds of little stops or little weird extra yeah, yeah, pieces yeah. or something, you know. Um, so I love the challenge of taking a simple song, but but then try to make it something clever as well. You know, that's not, that's not just your, I don't, you know, it's not just something that some dudes can jump up on stage and jam with you without having heard it, you know, yeah. at the time. And, and, and that, that, that's really the, that kind of attention to detail is the difference between a, a simple song and a simplistic song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Simple song. Good. Simplistic song. Meh. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Why, why don't we listen to the whole song and we can appreciate them, the structure of this, the story of it. And, um, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Awesome.
medicine and tonic cold houseware. Everybody knows everyone. Nobody is a stranger, but they all got a gun. Now that's where I come from. The hills of Kentucky in the sun. Sun. The hills of Kentucky in the southern sun. Fantastic. Thank you. Just great. Just great. Phil, yeah. what are your thoughts? Well, it, it's it's an interesting song because it doesn't have um, like a, a standard rhyme scheme. You know, it's uh, each each line is sort of it's it's kind of on. You're like everyone and gun. I guess it's that's kind of it. But it's even where it hits doesn't. Um, it's not real. Um, standard uh rhyme schemes the um i like the solo because it's you know music doesn't have a lot of solos anymore so i really appreciate when there's solos again um and and i know people want to get rid of it because of you know getting on tiktok or something but i really appreciated that 
And it's because um, I mean the, that's where I come from is is obviously I is obviously a chorus of, of sorts. You know, it's a B part, but I think it's yeah. sort of the chorus. And the way you hit the line, the southern sun is really interesting because it's not it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. And at first it's a bit jarring, but then it becomes a bit of an earworm, you know, um, because it, it, there's not a lot of those kind of musical pop, you know, kind of hooks in it. But yeah. that the way you hit that southern sun does become the hook. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always tough to know, you know, where to go for something that that kind of fits in your particular genre and where to push against it. And those that pushing against it is often the thing that sort of stands out, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, the, you know, the, the who doing the, uh, you know, the, the stuttering, um, amphetamine, yeah. uh, based stuttering. I mean, I was sort of off the time, but that became the hook, you yeah. know, and it's, 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 it's a wonderful way of exploring hooks as opposed to the way that I think most songwriters will, myself included, kind of look for hooks. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've, I love the song from top to bottom. I think it's really interesting how, yeah, the, the Southern Sun part, because you, your natural inclination would be just to, just to let it, sun. Yeah. Southern Sun, just let it land yeah. the way it's going to land. But you go Southern sun and then have that little beat in between but you don't always do it that way i think once or twice you just do southern sun and yeah. you're like and when you're listening to it it becomes almost a game it's like is it going to do it this way or is it going to do it that way <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's really cool and 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 that that kind of um the kind of approach to the rhythmic complexity the rhythmic difference or just sort of maybe you get stand out like phil was just saying like you especially play with it in your second verse too right i don't know much but i want to get out if you ain't I forget where the breaks are in the melody, but they don't they don't fall naturally where the language would want them to fall. You put the breaks mm-hmm. rhythmically in a different place, which is really, really cool and really and it gives 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 that verse some momentum and really makes it interesting. Um, I think I think, you know, lyrically or phrasing wise, I like mm-hmm. to play a lot with like the syncopation and like how the mm-hmm. words hit and all of that, you know. Um, I think that's another cool way where you can make things not just you know, just normal and sort of stock, you know. Um, so I, I love playing around with, you know, little breaks before the words or, you know, just making the making the phrasing very much a part of the the rhythm of what's happening in the music, you know. And then speaking of speaking of rhymes, there, there's I mean, well, like you say, Phil, there's been on, uh, expected rhymes, but there's a lot of like similar sounding end words. So you got gun, you got you got before God does, that's similar. And then, and then all these Confederate sons, yeah. it's a different sons. And then God fear and son of a gun, that's a different gun. <laughs> and it's like, it, all these things pop up in it. They give, they give the kind of consistency through, throughout, which is really, it's really a clever use of language, but it's also, is also pretty cool. And then you've got that, and you've got those, those one line C-sections, like after the, after the chorus, um, and then, after the chorus the first time and then before the chorus the second time that I don't recognize my own home. It's a slightly different chord progression there. And it's where you got that little two, four bar that, that yeah, throws yeah. everybody off. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, 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 it does feel kind of ethereal in that moment. It's just like, we're yeah. just like, we're just, we're just hanging with it. And then the beat kind of comes back in. Um, but th- those are really interesting 
that's another section. And I'm wondering where 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 the where the idea for those came from. Like, was was it a was it something that came after you wrote the rest of the song, or was it something there from the beginning? Or well, so I mean, it was mostly so the that extra, you know, two four is there because I wanted the end of the beat to hit on that certain word on that mm. last part of that line. But then I had to figure out what the hell I was going to do after I did yeah, that. Out of it, yeah. um, so that's kind of where that, that little next section sort of came in. And, but I also needed, you know, I didn't want it to just be like a classic, you know, three verse song with, with kind of nothing in the middle. So those two lines lyrically are sort of almost kind of summing up what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm between those verses, you know, so it ended up for one, the musically it sort of finished off and helped give some context as to why I did those extra two bars. And then lyrically, I was able to sort of tie down, tie in what I had said previously in there too. Um, so it's, it's sort of like a, a little tiny section that's explaining a little bit what you just heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really effective, especially lyrically, I think. Yeah. I just needed that to kind of tie everything together, you know. Yeah, absolutely, it does that. Um, this actually brought up an interesting um, point that I've talked with friends about is, as songwriters, you know, sometimes we want to say really positive things like "I love you" and and you know that kind of thing, and then there's times when we want to be critical, and I think this song is a bit critical of your hometown, oh, yeah. you know. Um, it's a protest song. Well, it's and it's like it's always an interesting approach about how it's an interesting thing to think about how we approach the protest song. Do we write it in metaphor? Do we like do we take it apart? You know, like do we take it a step up outside of ourselves, or do we write really direct? Like this seems like a very direct head front approach to this town. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and for for me, one of the, because this is not an easy song for me to write. Mm. Uh, you know, I love where I come from. I love my town. I love the people from there. But, um, you know, through some of the things that were happening back in, in 2020 and basically the last few years, um, I had just seen th some things going on there that I just like uh, had major problems with um, and wanted to figure out a way to express that feeling. Um, and so it, I had to be very careful for myself when writing this because I wanted it to still show like, you know, I'm proud of where I'm coming from. You know, I'm at the top of my lungs. I'm a Kentucky boy from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and I am thankful of where I came from. I'm thankful of the way that I was raised. But I have some major issues with with, you know, certain things. So this song was, you know, a challenge to kind of balance and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, you know, beat around the bush. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to be very, very blunt with it. Um, mm -hmm. But trying to be a little bit sensitive as well. I don't know how well I did with that. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, it was a challenge trying to figure out a way to like, you know, not completely scold where I come from and to say it in a way that, you know, sparks some conversation maybe, um, you know, and and if it jars somebody, then maybe it was supposed to jar that person. You know, um, I just wanted to try and write this with kind of out any fear and just be like, this is I'm going to say my piece and and uh, not worry about, you know, offending anybody and, you know, just try to be as honest as I could with it. I, I, I think I think the balance is there. 
in terms of here, I mean, the opening verse, not critical at all. You know, maybe, maybe, but they all got a gun. Everyone knows everyone. Nobody's a stranger. Sounds like a wonderful little town, right? And yeah. then it's only in the second verse where you start getting critical of organized religion. And then, and then. And that was kind of, you know, my, that was sort of revolved around the time when I was trying to decide to leave and, and move out mm -hmm. to Los Angeles, you know? Um, and then third verse jumps into kind of like where I see it's came since then. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, but the way you cap off your, the end of the third verse, which harkens back to the first verse, um, which, which harkens back to your, your, your other middle section. I don't recognize my own home. And you, then you revisit, you know, the, the, the nice little town. What happened to my nice little town? It's, it's changed. Right. But I will admit, you know, I, I really, really like the verse that's critical about religion. I really, really like the verse that's, that's critical about the Confederate sons. I think those are your strongest points of the song. The other, the other, the nice parts. They're nice. Okay, it fine. Was nice setup, you know, it, was, yeah, it was a setup. It was just yeah. a setup for the other stuff, right? It's like, wait, wait, wait. the right hook right away. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, and, and, it's, and, and it is because of that, because they hit harder, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that's, that's where, that's where, the, and, that's, and where the, that's where the truth really comes out, right? Yeah, and gets in. And then that's why, you know, on that last verse, why I stripped out everything and it just goes back to the one hitters on the guitar. Because mm. uh, that's, you know, that third verse hits, hits you know, kind of on another level. Um, and yeah. I, I didn't want anything taken away from that. I wanted that to just be like, you can't ignore what I'm saying right here. Mm -hmm. but, but overall, I think, I think the balance is there between, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not critical as in finger wagging, but it's like, I, 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 I don't like where this has gone. I miss the old days, like where you had, where it used to be kind of thing. Right. And that's a hard, that's a hard line to, 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 mm -hmm. to walk, you know, um, uh, to be, to be a pro cause some protest songs are, they come from a good place, but they begin they get very tiring because nobody wants you know to be lectured at, no matter what side you're on. Yeah. So it's um, it's always an interesting question about how metaphorical and how direct to get. Um, being, and I think Bruce, Bruce Springsteen did it the I think better than anyone. You know, it was oh, in, yeah. even even better. You know, Mellencamp was great too, but I feel like Springsteen is the type of guy who like. 90% of people who listen to his songs don't realize he wrote a protest song there. Well, yeah. and, 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 but, but is, is, is that a bit of a danger though? Like if you're trying to get across a message, but you're so soft with it that the message gets lost and then it's just a beautiful song, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess whatever, that, but... you know, that depends on your intentions with your music, right? You know, yeah. um, you know, somebody like Chris Christopherson wouldn't want it that he, he would want to offend people and he would want it to get out there. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, he might have a little bit, want to be a little bit softer. He want, he, you know, might like his nice motorcycles and his nice cars and his, you know, 60,000 people arenas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we had a guest, I remember, remember Phil um, Anna Larson, she's from Austin, Austin, Texas, piano player, singer, songwriter. And she brought on a song that was an anti-gun song. You'd never know it because it was such a soft hitting song. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was, it, it was a protest song, but you, but I think, I think, I think the difference too, is that like the, the, the diehard Bruce Springsteen fans, they know, right. Yeah. Cause they've, they've looked yeah. into it deeper. Right. And then, and that's rewarding for them and, and it sets them apart from the casual fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like all these, you know, I just, uh, the soft protest songs also present some pretty funny moments, you know, when you've got like 
Donald Trump using songs at his rallies. <laughs> the lyrics are completely against what he believes in. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say those those moments are beautiful to me. I love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> The best people, what can you say? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious, Ryan, how much how much editing? The other thing about this song too, it occurred to me too, is that like you got the you got the long instrumental sections, which are great, mm -hmm. and and it fills up for you. You don't hear that much anymore. And um, but you could have put a whole. I'm sure you could have put a whole whack of stuff in here. How did you whittle that down? I'm assuming you had a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> how, did, how did you distill it into just these these? three different things i mean this one was really um so before we went into the studio i actually did some so every once in a while um most of the time when i do shows we got like the big full like rock band thing um but the last couple years i've been doing little shows here and there um with a string band um mm -hmm. so like upright bass fiddle mandolin um sort of that thing before i went into the studio and started recording little town um I was doing that song with the string band version and that it hit so much harder than when we were doing it with kind of mm -hmm. the full band. Um, so that sort of informed immediately kind of the pieces that I wanted for this. Um, and mm -hmm. I, and that I ended that the more intimate sort of feel and less colors and things as far as instruments and stuff going on um, i'm actually talking just about the story just, just about the storytelling like there must have been other aspects of of the oh. small town you wanted to explore this this one i you know i i wrote the lyrics in this one in probably an hour and a half okay um this one yeah. was very uh, this one was very much just like hit that first the first couple lines of the verse and everything just sort of came out i knew exactly what i wanted to say okay. uh, that does not that does not always happen this was one of those <laughs> super lucky moments when i didn't have yeah, to yeah. you know sit with something for for a month or come back to it two months later or something um you know this one you know like i said trying to be as honest as i could i didn't want to overthink this one i just wanted to because this all you know happened after a specific moment and i really wanted to bottle everything i was feeling up you know feeling at that time um so I, I tried to just sit with it and just get it done um so this one came pretty pretty easy amazing very nice so what's um what is coming up next for you um well next i guess the next big thing is we're doing um we're playing americana fest down in nashville um in september we've got a bunch of shows in los angeles happening over the next couple months as well um but the next kind of big thing will be um americana fest in september um kind of outside of the shows that we're doing um i the record that little town is on Speaking of the string band thing, we went in, I got my string band group together and we went in and picked four songs off of the new EP and did them live with the string band. Um, so probably next spring, I'm, I'm getting ready to go into, into mixing and stuff on that. Um, gonna try and release a s split vinyl where it'll have like four songs from the EP, the rock and roll EP, and then on the other side will be those four songs as the string band version. So nice. you'll have like the rock side and then the bluegrass kind of side. That's really uh, cool. So that's you know that those are kind of the big things that we're you know focusing on now. And like I say, just playing playing as many shows as we can and right writing as often as I can. Right on. Okay. 
Okay, I think um, that is about all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Um, special thanks to Ryan Han. And um, we, so, where can our listeners hear more of your music? Where should we send our, where should we send um, our people? You can, look up, you can look up Ryan Han and the Believers on Spotify, Apple Music, um, all that stuff. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Ryan Han and the Believers. Uh, you just search that wherever you're at, and you'll you'll find something. And we will certainly put links to that um, from the show post uh, for this episode. Um, and we want to hear from you, our listeners. So please send your comments on uh, Facebook or Instagram uh, to at Songtalk Radio or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos, full episodes, and subscribe today to the Songtalk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. You can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk meetup. Whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups, it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil. PhilEmery.ca And Ryan, what's, what's Ryan Hahn and the Believers' go-to social media channel? Um, Instagram probably would be the, the main one that we're on. Alrighty, be sure to see them there. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to stop by the website songtalk.ca to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in and keep, keep on, on writing. writing. Hey, we did it that time. <laughs> sort of. <man. laughs>